0: Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University,
1: offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The musical I Do, I Do opened on Broadway in 1966 and ran for 560 performances. And it's been pretty much running someplace else ever since. It's showing in St. Louis right now, opening the 32nd season for Stages St. Louis. Joining me in studio to talk about I Do, I Do and about the new stage's season are stage's associate producer Andrew Kuhlman, actors Corinne Melanson and Steve Isom. Thank you so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you. you. Andrew, let me start with you. Okay. Uh, And feel free, the other two in the room, to just chime in because (laughs) this question is, what qualities does I Do, I Do have that has made it endure for 50 years
2: now? You know, I think I Do, I Do is one of those hidden gem musicals that you see at a lot of different theater companies pop up, and um, it's a show that a lot of couples married or just together can relate to and see different aspects of themselves and their relationships in the show. So it's a very relatable, universal show, despite being written um, and based in a very different time period.
1: That's right. It's uh, 100 years ago, I think, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
2: 50 years of a marriage from 1895. 1895 Mm -hmm. to 1945 is the stretch. Mm
1: -hmm. Corinne, what's your take on on the durability of this uh, show?
3: Well, echoing what Andrew said, although it is set in a different time period, and uh, so the social customs are different. The, the nature of a long-term relationship still is pretty universal and it goes through the stages of young romantic love when they first getting married, through the difficult times of having children and the husband's career taking off, and later on in life a lot of ups and downs. I think people are surprised with actually how much the show gets into some of the difficulties of that sort of a relationship. The
1: entire the entire production takes place Steve takes place in a bedroom
3: correct
0: that's right it's one set four poster bed it's actually uh, based on a play called the four poster and uh, I would agree with both my partners here and, and also just say that uh, another reason it's lasted so long it's got a beautiful score mm-hmm. uh, it's yes. a terrific script it's funny it's really touching you get to see these people go from age 20 to age 70 basically and we actually age on stage and uh, and having being in a long term um, I've been married for 24 years so I'm about half the length of the uh, <laughs> of the play, but I keep finding things that I say, oh my goodness, yes, I went through that. That happened to me, you know, all sorts of things. So it is very, uh, very much... Uh, uh, apropos of people who've had a long-term relationship. I think Stages is doing something, actually, where if you've been
2: married 50 years... Yes, yes. yes. We have um, yes. a special going on right now where if you've been married 50-plus years, we are offering complimentary tickets to a number of different performances this week. Those are Thursday at uh, 2 p.m., Thursday, June 7th, then Friday, June 8th at 8, or Sunday, June 10th at 7.30. So you can see any of those performances by visiting the Chesterfield or Kirkwood box offices for free. Uh,
1: we'll put that information on our website. By Great, the way. Sdlpublicradio.org. Did David Merrick originally produce this? You know, mm. I, I believe so. Actually, yeah. I think mm. so. I, I, I sort of think so too. Uh-huh. I, I sort of think that David Merrick is a St. Louisan, isn't he?
0: Oh, he is, yes. yeah. is
1: he? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I did not. So know there's that. there is a nice connection there, and and the reason I say that is because I saw a quote, from, and I think it was from Merrick, saying this was a great show to produce because it was so inexpensive. You only <laughs> two have that, right two you know, one set and two
2: people. Yes. Hey, In, not bad. And we've actually doubled that. We have two rotating casts, so you can either see the lovely and talented Steve Isom and Corinne Melanson, and then you can come back another night and see. Uh, David Schmidow and Carrie Ely. So we've got New York and St. Louis coming together in both casts.
1: Why why are you doing it that way?
2: You know, it covers a lot of different bases for us. One, like I said, this show is, as Michael Hamilton, our artistic director, puts it, is a love letter to the many couples that have come through stages over 32 seasons supporting us and just being there as audience members. So we get to bring two sets of couples of stages favorites to the stage and mm-hmm. everybody wants to come see them both which we would love to happen um, and then it also has a lot of built-in help with what you would already be doing when you're producing any show it has mm-hmm. a built-in understudy um set it's a big show for two people so you get to divide up the performance schedule
1: i was about to ask him yeah. corinne i'll put this to you it's not because the uh the uh Production is so demanding of the performers, or or is that part of it?
3: I would say that it is somewhat demanding, yeah. since there are only two of us. Sure. We're almost always on stage. There are some moments where Steve has a solo or I have a solo, but the one who's off stage is doubtlessly doing a. a a costume change. So it is kind of a marathon. Once Act One starts, we never go back to the dressing room. All of our changes are done right off stage. And the same with Act Two, although Act One is longer and has more stuff Mm -hmm. in it. But that is definitely one of the challenges for us. So it is kind of nice to have a day off in between Mm -hmm. every day. The other challenge was that in rehearsal, since there are two, two casts, although only two people, that meant two sets of people had to rehearse everything. Mm -hmm. So we had basically half the rehearsal time to get it together, and that was kind of interesting. We've done a lot of work on our own, as we always do outside of the rehearsal schedule. But this show required, I think, a little bit more of Mm -hmm. our own time, just because of the time constraints.
1: Steve, how much pressure does that put on the performer? There are only two of you on stage, and... uh, you, you're taking the entire burden, just the two of you. Well, there's no chance to relax, I assume, or to count on somebody else kind of coming through at some point.
0: I, you know, I feel very relaxed on the stage with Corinne. I mean, it's like going on a ride. You just start and you, you know, you go to the end, and uh, there's a certain amount of faith involved. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that's a good way. Know, to put Corinne it. has been in umpteen Broadway shows, you know, you couldn't have a better partner, and and we're there for each other, and we we support each other, and we know the show well enough that if something did go wrong, and it never, ever does, but if something ever did, did. it would go wrong, the other one could could pick up, you know, and help the other person get back on on cue.
1: Corinne, what is the difference between performing on the Broadway stage, which is the the mecca,
0: I guess, for uh,
1: theater, and performing on a much smaller stage, like here in St. Louis?
3: Well, the main difference is, is exactly that, that mm-hmm. it is much smaller and intimate and a completely different performance experience for the actors as well. With just 400 people out there, um, you really just, f- and I've sat in the audience and, and watched shows at stages and there really is not a bad seat in the house. So mm-hmm. every person in that theater, I think, has the experience of feeling like they are more a part of the show than sitting in a 1,200 or 1,600 seat, or someplace like the Fox, which is 2,000, I guess, or 2,500, maybe. Um, And the other thing about working at stages is that so much of the St. Louis community, uh, the audience members are so involved with the theater company that I have made so many friends that are stages patrons here Mm -hmm. that are so interested in the shows and how they come together and the backstagers and the stages speaks things that they do between shows for every production. People really are interested to know how it works and they love getting to know the actors and it's just you don't get that in a Broadway show where people come they might come back a couple times Mm -hmm. and ask for an autograph at the stage door Mm -hmm. but you don't usually get to know them that well.
1: Steve, so you would know this as well as anybody because you've done so many uh, shows uh, for stages,
0: haven't you? That's right. I think this is number 50 or 51, oh, wow. somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> 50. Yeah. So over, uh, started in 1994, uh, about uh, a couple, I'm 24. It's, it's my second marriage. I, I got married in, I got uh-huh. married in January of 94 and then I started stages in June of 94.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: uh, and my wife of course works at stages too. Ellen Isom is a choreographer and a dancer.
1: So. Let's talk a little bit about the music, and then we'll talk about the future of uh, of your whole company, if, sure. I, if I may. Uh, would you like to talk about the music you mentioned earlier? What a great score it is! Uh, who did it, and and what are some of the numbers that people would
2: know? Sure, it's uh, the score is by the show was written by Harvey Schmidt and Tom Jones, um, who are prolific and known for I guess their number one show would probably be The Fantastics is what a lot of people know the longest running off-Broadway musical in theater history and then some people would probably know the show 110 in the Shade I believe is one of their shows as well Mm -hmm. and the thing that I love about this show is that it's one of those musicals where the story tells the story every part of the show Adds to that story. It's dialogue. It is um, character development. It's plot. You don't have to, you don't have a lot of breakout for huge dance breaks or anything. Everything is integral to what's going on.
1: Any dancing at all, Corinne, or is that...
3: Oh, yes, there's a little bit of dancing. It's it's mostly uh, ballroom-style partner dancing between, you know, waltzing and dances of the period. And then some other, uh, Steve has a little soft shoe number that he does. <laughs> a, bear, and, a, barefoot a barefoot
0: soft shoe. A barefoot
3: soft shoe, and I get to do a little sort of, uh, it's not a strip number, but it's reminiscent of like a... It's Burlesque, yeah. Flaming mm-hmm. Agnes. Burlesque-esque. Yeah. But the song that probably most people would know is... Um...
1: <laughs> my Cup Runneth <laughs> my Over. Cup...
3: Everyone knows it, except... You me. see how we pick each other up there, Donna? Just yes. like that. Yes, uh, just playing... Yes, My Cup Runneth Over With Love, which is one of the sweet...
1: We we have songs. a couple of uh, songs we can play. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have that one, but we yeah. do have one called All the De- See, this. We're trying to help you out a little bit. Huh? <laughs> we, we, do, we do have uh, All the Dearly Beloved. Do, do either of you sing that in the show? Well, one we both sing
0: Yes, I don't. This is the yeah. whole opening of the show, which is the wedding. And so it's actually three songs back to back that uh, take the first five or seven minutes of the show. Mm-hmm.
1: What we're going to hear, I believe, is the original Broadway cast. It's not your voices. But let's give it a little listen and get a taste of what the music's all about.
4: All the dearly beloved have gathered at last. Faces from the future and those from the past. Distant cousins and uncles and aunts. The boy who took me to my very first dance. The girl I used to think was somewhat cute My mother's Uncle Herbert from the Institute And And they've all all of them come with one thing thing in mind Just Just to see see us say, "I I do I do, I do, that's all I have to say, I do I do, I say it every day I did, I did, I did it just last night I said it at the church rehearsal and I got it right I do, I do, how easily it's said I wonder what would happen if I said I don't Instead, I do, I do, I do This morning I woke up so early In fact, I never slept I got down the box. Inside my closet where my very best things are kept.
1: That's the original cast recording of I Do, I Do, starring Robert Preston and Mary Martin, two names that have significant uh, uh, clout on Broadway, at least they, uh, they used to. Steve, where this is the very beginning of the show. Where does it go from here? What is the next step in this 50-year process?
0: Well, um, it follows them from the wedding to their wedding night, which is a fun number. Uh, and then... Uh, my character, Michael, and Agnes is, is the wife. Um, I think th- it was called he and she I, in some uh, yes, versions, and too. and then they
3: actually gave them names.
0: Uh, Michael's a writer, and he has some early success, and then they have to deal with what that does to his ego. And uh, and they start to have some marital problems in there, and by the end of Act One, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, They've also had two children by yes, then, right. which, which okay. comes with... Uh, Basically, Michael doesn't do much to help around the house with the children. So Agnes is left with that, and she resents it a little bit. So
0: Michael's very misunderstood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how Steve do you
3: keep saying that?
1: <laughs> how do you cover fifty years in two hours or so?
3: Well, I think uh, it basically goes a decade at a time. Like each successive scene is approximately a decade later. Uh-huh. So we go through, Three decades in the first act. I
0: want to mention that the yeah. the design of the show really oh, helps yes. helps along uh, the costuming Costumes by and, uh, and, Brad uh, Musgrove. Wigs. It really shows the different ages. We go, you know, there's a definite kind of 1890s look, and then we get to the 20s, and there's a definite 1920s look, and we and get to old age, and, and we actually do some aging on stage. Um, which is really, which is really a touching. A peek at the theatrical magic, which yeah. Yeah. is yes. really nice. We bring really out tables, moment. and we actually you know, age in front of people. So it's Then
1: fun. you can take off your makeup and not, not be old. <laughs> I wish we could work that <laughs> the other t- 22 hours a day. We can arrange something, <laughs> Don. <laughs> All right, or, well. <laughs> get some well, industrial strength makeup <laughs> for this guy, believe me. We'll get me. Brad in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another clip I want to play, uh, this one is titled, The Honeymoon is Over, which sounds like it might be farther down the line. Than this is, uh, yeah. Yeah, this Corinne, is... what can you tell me about that?
3: This is exactly farther down the line when they have had, they're going through a rough patch and they're having an argument and uh, Agnes is packing a bag to leave and it's actually one of the most fun moments in the show because Steve and I get to go at it a little bit. (laughs) This
1: this is another duet, obviously. Yes, this is. Let's let's give a listen to The Honeymoon is Over for a little bit anyway. When
4: your husband treats you like a piece of dirt When you find a purple lipstick on his shirt Then, my dear, it's clear the honeymoon is over And you better be on the alert When your wife decides that she should wear the pants, when she gets your goat each time, she gets the chance. Then, my dear, it's clear the honeymoon is over, and you'd better search for some romance. Time you saw your old trusty lawyer. Ask him whether you should find another another nest of feathers. The knee becomes the swell. When your wife is bored by every joke you tell, then, then my dear, dear, it's clear the, the honeymoon, honeymoon is over, and you may as well. well.
1: Once again, from the original cast recording of I Do, I Do, Robert Preston, and now I'm having the brain cramp, Mary Mary Martin, Martin. (laughs) Uh, in the original cast, ran 560 performances, which I think is testimony. Not many Broadway shows go that far, do they, Corinne?
3: No, not many do. Uh, There are some that have been running for years and years now, but back in the 60s, it was It was very special for a show to run for two or three years. And they were
0: big stars by the time this show came up. So it was really a star vehicle.
3: But they did not do the whole run. They were replaced by... Carol Lawrence and Gordon McRae, I think, partway through the run.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. And was this uh, before or after Music Man? Am I impressed? Oh, I think it was after. Well, after Music That was, yes. was, yeah. was late 50s, I guess.
0: Big stars after South then. Pacific from mm-hmm. Mary Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the future of uh, St. Louis, Andrew, because uh, there are going to be some changes made for the better. Yes. Why don't you tell us what's going on?
2: So we've uh, been at the Robert G. Rhyme Theater in Kirkwood since our first season in 1987, and we are preparing right now with a partnership with the city of Kirkwood to move to a brand new performing arts center Mm -hmm. that will be built in downtown Kirkwood.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about that. I know it's a twenty-four million dollar project, which means it's quite a project.
2: It is. It's quite the project, and it's been. We've been working on it for a number of years now, and it's uh, finally coming to fruition, which is really exciting. Uh, the nice thing that it does for stages is we typically have audiences that are almost sold out. We sell at about 98% capacity for the entire season. And so what we really need is the ability to have more audience come in. And Mm so we seat 377 at the Robert G. Rhyme and the new Performing Arts Center will have approximately 500 seats. Mm -hmm. So that gives us a lot of new people that can come in, reach new audiences, reach out to um, different areas of St. Louis and different sectors of our audience and bring in some new people.
1: What will it enable you to do that you can't do now? And I, I Aside from what you've just said in terms of performances and productions.
2: You know, we have made the best use of a a small stage and a small backstage uh, in Kirkwood for a long time. There are some shows that I I would hear we're going to do this in our season and I go, Okay, let's let's see how we pull this <laughs> off, and we pull it off quite beautifully. We have a, as uh, Stephen crin talks about, we have a wonderful design team, and Michael Hamilton is uh, a genius with a, a jewel box of a theater that we've got there. But what it's going to allow us to do is look at some new um, properties that are, may be larger and need a little bit more of a large stage space, and that's mm-hmm. really exciting. It just broadens the. Uh, categories of shows we can truly look at for our season programming.
1: Give me an example of something that you uh, you could bring in w- under the new uh, banner that you can't now.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I'll say one of the shows that since I started at Stages in 2012, I've wanted to see Michael Hamilton get his hands on is West Side Story. It's ah. uh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> musicals. And um, I, I don't know that it'll be done, but I cross my fingers. Michael, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> it'll but, be done. It'll yeah, be done. I think yeah. so. But the choreography in that show requires movement across a a large stage and so this new building can make things like that possible right
1: you have another program that i think we ought to mention because it seems very worthwhile the jumpstart program
2: yes jumpstart theater in partnership with the educational theater association um edta based out of cincinnati did a a large nationwide search looking for other looking for theater companies to help take the Um, national launch of this program that basically goes into middle schools and that don't have theater programming at the moment and introduces a program. And while that's exciting, what's even more exciting to me is the fact that they are creating sustainable theater programming. Mm -hmm. So we're equipping non-theater teachers with the ability and the skills to take a theater program introduce it to students, and after three years of partnering with stages, they can then continue that program on for generations and generations to come.
1: Corinne and Steve, what sort of value do you see in a program like this, exposing young people to theater and getting that early start?
3: Well, they are the future of the theater, future performers, future designers, future directors, future everything, future audience members. So... um, it just makes sense to to expose them to it at a young age because uh, they then will develop an affinity for the theater and hopefully continue the tradition of, of great theater.
0: And a whole... Uh Realm of, of, of literature out there that uh, maybe they don't get to see in plays and yes. and musicals that really broadens their education, I mm-hmm. think.
1: Will you be involved in that, Steve, being a local guy, do you think?
0: I would love to be. I, 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 there's no
2: plans as right now. Andrew? <laughs> 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 we'll start the interview process later. <laughs> yeah, oh.
1: Andrew, let me come back to you in the time that we have left. Sure. To give us some sense of after I do, I do what's going to be happening at Stages.
2: It's a really exciting season for <clears> Stages. <throat> we are looking to, on June 19th, we open our uh, Emerson Family Theater Series production of Madagascar um, which is based on the DreamWorks film. Then we'll be moving into Mamma Mia which uh, both Steve and Corinne will be joining us for as well. And then we close out the season with Oklahoma, a, a true classic.
1: Yeah, I would think that would be a big one, too, that um, would more, be more easily accommodated on your next stage.
2: I, I'm sure that we would be able to build a slightly larger world, yeah. but I know that what uh, Michael and the designers have planned is going to be spectacular. I'm really excited about it. Right.
1: <clears throat> You've got to have some place to put corn as high as an elephant's eye, right? <laughs> That's what they say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Corinne, didn't you do uh, Mamma Mia for a long time on Broadway?
3: I sure did. I did yeah. it for 11 years wow. on Broadway. Yes. Wow, what uh,
1: that that in itself in and of itself is very unusual. That's a, a long run for it one performer. It is a
3: long run, and it was the gift that keeps on giving is yeah. what I used to call it. So I'm happy I will be that's, uh, you know I I'll be so curious to experience doing it here in this small intimate theater. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: I'm sure audiences are as well. I'll tell folks that stages St. Louis presents. I do, I do now playing through July 1st at various times at the Robert T. E. Rhyme Theater in the Kirkwood uh, Civic Center. I'm sure it's a great program. Thank you all so much for being with us and telling us about it. Break a leg, as they say. Have Thank a great you. run. Thanks Thank you. so, so much. Talk to you. Thank you for being with us. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash air. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.